Hello, everybody. Ben Rogers here, the Raptors Digest. Riker, there's been great debate amongst Raptors fans, probably the Raptors coaching staff as well. Who will be in the playoff rotation? We have about seven locks. Jack Armstrong mentioned it on the, the last game. But we know that Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, and Fred Van Vliet are locks. There's no debate on those seven players. I think we both agree. I think everyone that's listening agrees. But there's a few guys on the roster that are going to be fighting for the scraps, fighting for those playoff minutes. Riker, if you want to want to take us away with those four play, four or five Well, before players. we start, Ben, before we start, we're going to plug this every podcast <laughs> until it sticks. We're on the traditional podcast platforms right now. We, we might be on iTunes by the time this rolls out, but we're definitely on Google Play. Mm-hmm. We're definitely on Spotify. Check it out. You've been asking for it. We're excited about it. Mm-hmm. So check out all those platforms. We'll link it in the description. But you're right. It's been an uh, it's been a point of of absolute consideration, absolute debate. We don't really know how the ball is going to roll now coming into playoff time because there's it's been such an up and down season for the bench unit yep. and the last couple of games they have not in any capacity been able to hold their own <laughs> against, you know, opposite starting lineups or even the opposite benches and even the secondary bench units uh, in the Magic game, if yeah. you remember that, I was absolutely baffled at how poor the performance was. Mm-hmm. So we can break it down however you want, player by player. We can break it down overall. What things... Let's start it off this way. Let's start general and then maybe narrow in our scope. My first question to you, Ben, is what are we looking for? Because let's say seven people are indeed a lock. And let's yeah. go on the hypothesis that my point about liking an eight-man rotation is what probably could be played i mean of Mm -hmm. course there could be ninth ninth and tenth man but let's assume we're just really first talking about the eighth man what are we looking for if j or sorry if uh sergey baka and van vliet are the locks what does the the final player need to be able to provide in order to get those minutes well obviously the toronto raptors it's been a key all season being able to knock down the three-point shot at a relatively consistent basis when the toronto raptors are knocking down threes it seems like the offense runs so much more fluidly we win more games and everything just looks a whole lot better and the unfortunate thing with the bench unit as you mentioned the inconsistencies particularly from shooting and putting the ball on the hoop has really just made them not very effective against a lot of second units and very in a lot of games this season which has been very unfortunate so you know, there, we have a lot of guys on the bench that are capable of shooting the ball, but the consistency has been a question mark. And I want to name so, I want to name the five players just before we get into it. There's Norman Powell, Jody Meeks, Jeremy Lin, OG Ananobi, and Patrick McCaw. I think are the five players that are really fighting to get those those last scrap of minutes. Obviously, OG is currently injured, and Patrick McCaw has that thumb injury and might not be back for the beginning of the playoffs. So, you know, who do you what are you looking for out of one of these five players? As obviously Boucher and Miller aren't haven't really been in the rotation at all this season of course what are you looking yeah. for so out you're, of these guys? you're saying three-point shooting you're saying the big because like i said <clears throat> eighth man that, that'll definitely need to be a position that's filled you're mm-hmm. not going to run a seven-man rotation yep. for the entire playoff stretch so you're going to need an eighth player at least maybe a ninth player um so you're saying that it's it comes down to the three-point shooting probably the best three-point shooter i would maybe agree with that i think that offense is really a big thing because not just not just because you need a scorer out there i think that that's kind of irrelevant with the 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 variety of players that you have on this team that burden is going to be held by any of the starters really or even serge Ibaka, and then to an extent even fred van vliet but what they need to be is at least a credible enough threat that they're drawing their own defender away from the primary guy 
guys. So that makes total sense. Yep. Um, what else I want to see is consistency and reliability. And that's going to be a thing that I don't think there's enough games left for a player to prove now beyond what they already have mm-hmm. out of the five guys that you mentioned. Um, because our biggest issue with Jeremy Lin, for example, is that, you know, in flashes he shows that he's good, but then in flashes, just from the eye test, he's really not, even though his stats are kind of showing that he's all right, he's not a guy that you'd really want out there in playoff minutes. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're fine to throw him out there in the, the garbage minutes in the final quarter when there's, you know, kind of the, the bad players are out, but... I want a guy that's out there, and you can at least rely on him to do whatever it is that you want him to do as the fifth player out there on the court. Certainly. And you bring up the point of consistency, because that's been an issue for a lot of these players. But I think the player that's had the highest highs this season has been Norman Powell. And he comes off the bench. He's more of a slasher. His game is all about attacking the rim. You know, he can knock down the threes when he's feeling good. Obviously, all five of these players are very strong defenders. So that's not really going to be a point of contention, because they all can guard on the defensive end of the floor. But So we're probably going to focus more so on the offensive end in this podcast. But Norman Powell, he's shown out for very big games this season, whether it be shooting threes, mid-range, finishing at the rim but there's other games where he he turns over the ball he goes out of control towards the rim and you know he clanks his open shot so I think he's the the most inconsistent so to speak but provides the highest highs he does because he has the most points 8.5 points per game Mm -hmm. in his 56 uh, games this season he's shooting at the highest level 47 percent he's shooting the best three-point percentage besides Jody Meeks in his sixth game at 38 percent from the three Um, but he's tied for the highest turnovers out of the five guys that we've mentioned so you're right and then and it goes beyond stats really Norman Powell anybody who's watched the game you're exactly right he has flashes where he's a guy that can put up 20 points Yep. And he's looking really fantastic. And then he has flashes where it seems like he's trying to take on too much. He gets caught up in the, in the pace of the game. He doesn't know how to sort of steady himself. His dribble moves are out of control. His IQ is questionable. So I think if you were to get a consistent Norman Powell, I would have no problem playing with him or playing him throughout the playoffs. I don't see him being played, though, and just because of the things that I mentioned. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. We'll obviously make our conclusions at the end of the podcast. But, you know, Norm Powell's also been able shown that he's a playoff performer. You know, he had that phenomenal Bucks series. He absolutely saved us Game 5 against Indiana's rookie year. So that might play a factor in getting the playoff minutes, at least at the start of it, if he can run with the opportunity. But I think the, the second most talked about player especially before he went down with injury, was OG Ananobi. And he's a guy that showed out in the playoffs last season, did phenomenal against the Washington Wizards, was obviously our starting small forward for uh, all of last season. And, you know, he did a very good job at guarding LeBron James in the second round last year and had some big playoff moments, hit some clutch shots. And this year, he hasn't taken the step forward like we liked. And we've talked about OG Ananobi a lot this season. There's been a lot of ups and downs, whether it be injuries, personal stuff, and all that. But OG, when it comes to play, you want your most effective players on the court and even though his shooting is sometimes a bit inconsistent and you know he's averaging he's averaging seven points per game this season shooting about 34 percent from the three-point line we know what we're going to get out of OG in terms of the defensive ability he's a bit bigger than the rest of these players and you know he's not going to force anything the unfortunate thing with Norman Powell is when things aren't going good he still likes to force it at the rim and there's no margin for error in the playoffs OG when the shots aren't going down and you know things aren't going his way he's not going to be a negative he's not going to force dumb shots He's not going to, you know, drive into the rim and make turnovers. So OG's a very kind of enigma on the court in terms of whether he'll play or not. But come playoff time, you're not necessarily looking for a spark from... 
an eighth guy. But but his pros is that you're right. He is a bigger guy. So in a matchup against the Bucks, it could be crucial, for mm-hmm. example, or against the 76ers, be against able to big switch teams and defense. His, exactly, a hundred percent. But his cons is also that you know what you're getting. You yeah. know that what you know that he's not going to force a shot, and and that is also to his detriment because of his attitude is passive and he doesn't really command a lot of attention on offense and and he, he his confidence is I don't think that his confidence is really an issue but just something about his demeanor out on the court I think that that's going to hold him back from necessarily playing big minutes into the playoffs because he doesn't really prove to me when he's out there that he's hungry that he wants to stay out on the court he just kind of plays Loafishly, like he plays like Kawhi Leonard played on the San Antonio Spurs, but without all the you know the offense, the extreme talent. Yeah, exactly. So certainly, OG's he's been a kind of wild this season. Some people have we there's wide ranging opinions on OG Anobi. Obviously, I follow fall, oh. fall higher on the spectrum of you know in favor of OG, but you know we we can't have him making young player mistakes. You know, not being a threat on the court. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what Nick Nurse does. I I personally see OG definitely getting an opportunity in the playoffs, and especially with how he played last year, and if he can run with it, it's it's going to be interesting to see. But you know. A guy that we've talked a lot about as well, Jeremy Lin. You know, he's a player we've made countless videos on, and he was when he was picked up by the Toronto Raptors. Although we have Lin and we are sorry, although we have Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry, who are also two shorter guards, but uh, we we thought Jeremy Lin would at least be in the playoff rotation with his ability to slash, his ability to create, and also be a great defender. But he's been very underwhelming in terms of shooting the ball, and you know the Raptors don't run a lot of pick and roll. We don't get there, we have so many ball handlers on this team. He's not going to get the opportunity to play, have the ball in his hands for a lot of stretches, and he he's been he's shown that he's not very capable playing off the ball especially with his size and all that sort of stuff so he's been underwhelming Riker do you we talked about Norman Powell we talked about OG what do you see Jeremy Lin needing to do to crack the playoff rotation there's nothing that he can do now this is coach's discretion he's been dismal at best you're kind of padding and allowing him a little bit of room um, to say you know to at least save his reputation but he's been bad on the Toronto Raptors um, Mm -hmm. for all intents and purposes I I don't think that it's anything it's not within his control anymore it's Nick Nurse if he decides to give him the opportunity then Jeremy Lin better darn well make sure that he plays and tries to deserve a spot come playoff time because right now he doesn't yeah so to word that word that better what do you think Jeremy Lin needs to do to be effective in the playoffs if he gets an opportunity well i mean the thing with all the guys that we're talking about right now is that og obviously the tallest and the most length but Mm. there's a favorable attitude in the playoffs to have small ball and jeremy lynn would still have a rotation he's not undersized Mm. he's still able to go in there he's still able to make an impact his playmaking would be an asset if he plays with better iq because he had a couple of sloppy turnovers in the most recent game that he played as well um he's got to make i don't think he needs to make three pointer he doesn't need to make shots i don't think he's being put out there to be a prolific scorer but i think he just his overall game needs to improve just every single aspect of it um you just need to go out there and be like this to feel like this is a solid player out on the court because he's not just watching him you don't get that assurity yeah, that's a fair point. See, it, for Jeremy Lin to be the player that we expect him to be, because, you know, he is a three-point shooter. He shoots a very decent percentage, but 
to be the you not know, on the Raptors. No, not on the Raptors. On the Raptors, he's been extremely poor. But over his career, why we were excited was the, he's a capable three point shooter, but he can do other things. But as I mentioned, we saw it in the Jeremy Lin video that we made. <laughs> the comment section was very, very, very varied in uh, in there because uh, some people were saying that he needs more minutes, more touches, and all that, and some people were saying he shouldn't touch the floor at all, right? But the thing about Jeremy Lin is we're not going to be able to adjust the offense to play to his strengths. He's not going to be able to be a main guy pick and roll ball handler where he's thrived in places like Atlanta and Charlotte you know Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry we want the ball to be predominantly in those guys hands and when we want plays to be made it's in Kawhi Leonard's Marcus Gasol and Pascal Siakam's we're not going to sacrifice touches to get to Jeremy Lin and get him going a little bit more so in order for him to be effective in my opinion is he's going to have to be able to shoot from three point percentage at least respectably you know 20 that's a very good point that's a very good point all of that 22 percent is unacceptable right he doesn't necessarily need to be a three-point specialist like uh, some people branded for him to be and I think we kind of overhyped as well just because of the numbers but you know he needs to be respectable and then he's going to be capable of driving because a lot of people a lot of Jeremy Lin apologists are saying that his drives have been you know blamed on by the refs and he's getting stopped at the rim because of the refereeing he's not getting calls but the thing about Jeremy Lin the defense is just packing the paint he's not getting fouled that often he's getting it's just people don't respect his three-point shot so his drives which he's usually pretty good at he's not getting the nice drives that he usually gets over the course of his career so you know I think the key for Lin is just being a respectable shooter then the rest of his game could possibly come into form but the unfortunate thing is for Lin he came at the end of the season and you know he hasn't gotten much of an opportunity to break the team chemistry to fix those kind of knots in his game that he's had with the Toronto Raptors and you know we can't let him iron things out in the playoffs we need to win now so it's going to be tough for Jeremy Lin to break the rotation in my opinion absolutely and now let's glaze through these next two players we don't go too too long here um, Patrick McCaw we haven't seen a lot from him I'm pretty high on Patrick McCaw and OG on an OB train mm-hmm. just because I think of the consistency factor, the reliability factor. They're both guys that can hit the three. Patrick McCaw has not really been proven that much this season, but he's a 33% from three. And that, a one for three guy and you know, in a given night, that's that's you can accept that. Um, and he plays with such high energy. That's what I would yeah. really value for the playoffs. And that's the kind of thing that can swing games. That's the kind of thing that's invaluable for an eighth man to have um, off the bench because you don't need him to put up 10 points. You need him to contribute something that is going to improve the lineup that's already out there mm-hmm. and then Jody Meeks I'm just, I'm just gonna let you run away with this one here um you you have the opinion that maybe he actually might end up stealing the minutes here and co- playing come playoff time you talked at the beginning a little bit about how veteranship and about how playoff experience could be important Jody Meeks obviously a guy that's aged in the league so he should have a little bit to offer and a little bit more sort of mental calmness yeah certainly just to briefly talk about McCobb before I get into Jody Meeks he's uh he's out with that thumb that hand injury I believe it's his thumb so it's going to be interesting to see if he actually gets some run obviously there has the Raptors don't leak much on the the player's injury status so he might be completely written off as of now but I was pretty high on McCobb as well before he went down with injury but Jody Meeks he's a guy when we brought him we signed to the 10-day contract people weren't super high on and rightfully so he's kind of tapered off as you mentioned in the league as a kind of veteran that, that fell, fell out of the league, his three point—he's a three-point shooter that does, didn't shoot the greatest percentage last year. But for the Toronto Raptors, it's a very small sample size. But he's looked 
extremely great for the Toronto Raptors in the short stretches of minutes that he gets. You know, he's currently shooting 43%. Obviously, now take it with a grain of salt. It's a small sample size, but he, and he's playing he's playing against the worst lineups yeah, as well. Certainly. So, it's it's not I'm by no means saying that he's a 43% shooter. We need to play him, but he has been good in the opportunities he's gotten unlike some other players on the roster. So, you know, Jody Meeks and he's a guy although he had a down season last year, He's experienced. He's a veteran. You know, you know what you're going to at least get from Jody Meeks, whether it's, you know, he's not going to do any anything dumb. And we talked about at the beginning of the pod. We, uh, at least in my opinion, three-point shooting is going to be key. It's not everything, but three-point shooting is going to be a major key for whoever runs away with these minutes because we need people that are able to stretch the floor, even if they aren't putting in a lot of points, as long as they can create spacing for Kawhi Leonard, for OG, or for Pascal Siakam, for Kyle Lowry, for all these players. The, the three-point shooting is going to be invaluable, even if they're shooting it or not, right? So we can't have players just sag off in the paint and pack the paint. And I think Jody Meeks, he could potentially be the most reliable three-point shooter off the bench out of the five guys that we mentioned. It's very possible. It's very possible. I agree with everything that you're saying, but I think he's also probably the least proven defender on the team. That's fair. Um, so it's it's a lot to consider, and I think that Nick Nurse is going to be probably thinking maybe similar, maybe completely different. I'll be interested to hear what the the fans and the people in the comment section are saying as well. Ben, how about you fi- finish this off here? A um, lot of discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we broke it down a lot, so uh, I'll applaud you if you've made it this far. But Ben, just to put a final sort of nail on the on the head here. Who would you say right now of everybody that we've discussed is leading in your opinion? You've said maybe you're edging towards Jody Meeks. Is that for real? Is your heart set on Jody Meeks being the probable eighth man in the playoff time? Uh, I, I'm not going to go as far as to say he's the eighth man, but I, I could see him getting minutes. If I had to put my name on an eighth man, I, I'd have to go with Norman Powell. Despite the fact he's been a bit inconsistent ever since the beginning of the year, he has had some down games, don't get me wrong, but I think he's been a bit more consistent as the season has gone along. And and, you know, he does have up and down games, but I think the, the peaks you get with Norman Powell outweigh the, the negatives, especially when compared to these other players. So if I had to go with an eight man, I'd go with Norman Powell. But don't be surprised if Jody Meeks ends up as the eighth or ninth man in the rotation. I'll throw it back at you. Who's your fi- who's your eighth man and, you know, potential sleeper? With Patrick McCaw being possibly injured, OG Ananobi, for me, is a sure shot as the eighth man. Mm-hmm. Um, sleeper is Patrick McCaw as well. I'm, I'm big on those two guys, but we're, we're obviously going to see what happens come playoff. So we predict- predicted four guys, so obviously Lynn's going to be the eighth man. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. uh, let us know in the comment section below who you guys think is going to be the, the eighth man. Who who do you want to see get minutes for the Toronto Raptors? You know, Do you want to see us go with a long bench, a deep bench, or even just run with seven players? You know, there's a lot of options Nick Nurse has as we, you know, get to the very meaningful games. You're the best if you make it this far. Check out the Twitter, the Instagram, all that cool stuff. Riker, any last words? Um, you always seek to me to be profound in the last and the concluding <laughs> moments. I don't, I don't have anything tonight, so <laughs> thanks for making it this far. Check us out on the on the other stuff, on the other podcast platforms. We are Cheers. on Spotify. Oh, we are on there. <laughs>